0: 6.5% was it? Is, is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round-by-round round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite uh-huh. is the Vancouver Canucks. Like, what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this
1: is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are,
0: the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined by a co-host who is beyond certainly adequate when healthy, Anna Forsyth at a 4 3 Welcome, Anna.
1: Thank you for the compliment. I will take it um take them Th- where mean, you can get them these days
0: like that's a compliment right i mean that's how rutherford described the blue line for the vancouver canucks is certainly adequate when healthy
1: yeah i mean just like damn by faint praise <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess um, we have to be believe that right like the season's about to start and they didn't really beef up anywhere on the blue line so i guess yeah. it's adequate
0: they, they, the answer was looking at them all along. It's Quinn Hughes. But yeah, I, you know, we're, we're already getting into rewind and we haven't even done the introduction. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about Rutherford calling the spade as it actually happens to be. I think we're unaccustomed to this and I'm not going to make a big deal out of, of him saying that the blue line is certainly adequate
1: yeah I mean
0: maybe I am I don't know I just I I totally want our podcast to be certainly adequate
1: I I love that too but like it on the one hand it's great that he's professionally honest but I'm also like you couldn't have tried harder than to deal some of our problem contracts and beef up our defense
0: But, like, I mean, in that interview with with PJ, the way it's sort of, like, posited is, like, J.T. Miller, first place, uh, you know, collection of, you know, know, young stars, uh, runner-up, blue-line participation trophy.
1: Hey, we love participation trophies. My generation.
0: Yeah, Well, I mean, in my generation, we got a ribbon at Sports Day for taking part.
1: I never did. Yeah, they talk about... Millennial participation trophies, back. I don't know no one
0: I got one I could have been in the entire sports day 20 different sports one ribbon for showing up The only people who had more than one ribbon were the ones who finished first, second or third
1: Yeah, see we only got first second third, which meant I got nothing. Mm. I am Not into athletics. Give me team sports any day. I do not want to <laughs> throw run or jump Sports yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, we are here to talk about uh, this uh, phenomenal preseason where the Vancouver Connects are <laughs> doing their best to get a participation trophy. Yeah. Um and obviously, it is the preseason, so everything I am saying with a grain of salt. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, who has impressed us so far, or anything bright spots or what have you. Uh, before we dive into a segment uh, that we often call half full, half empty, but quite frankly, it could also be the F word because Hockey Canada, it's like that festering bag of trash that you know you need to get rid of only to get rid of and find out there's something festering even below that. Worse. That's what's going on with the Hockey candidate. Yeah, executive I right
1: didn't now. think you were going to say the word trash there, by the way. I thought it was another word beginning with the Oh, but... no,
0: no. See, this is a, this is a G-rated podcast.
1: It's G-rated-ish.
0: Right? I mean, I'm, what do you think, I am Bowman here? No. Just dropping the bombs?
1: Left, right, and center, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, we got a whole lot to get into. So, uh, let's uh, dive in a rewind. <laughs> So just to give you an idea, for some reason you haven't been on social media, you haven't really paying any attention to the news, you don't listen to sports radio or any of the 142 Canucks podcasts that might be out there, uh, the preseason hasn't been going too well for the Vancouver Canucks. In fact, <clears throat> I think the end of last week you had poll questions about whether or not tonight's matchup against the Oilers, which is currently in progress and so not going very well for Vancouver, was a must-win game. When <laughs> has there ever been must-win hockey in the freaking preseason? I
1: really hope that was tongue-in-cheek. Um, It's funny. Like, I am, as always, like, the extremes are out there. You know, you've got people saying, this doesn't matter at all, which, of course, it doesn't. But I saw that Matt Sikaris had read, like, written an article for Daily Hive about how these preseason losses shouldn't be concerning. And I was like, great, I'm going to read this and feel better. But his reasoning was basically NFL and MLB don't like their preseasons either, and the points don't count. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm that comforted by that.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Like, it's not the end of the world, but...
0: Well, the the funny thing... Let's see that. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about the Vancouver connects being in a must win game is the roster that made its way to Edmonton to play this evening. Not the most. How would I say it stellar group of uh, individuals? I mean, there's some pretty, pretty good depth players that are there right now. Um,
1: That's a backbone of our middle six right there, Chris. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, what was it that uh, you had mentioned in the last episode is like, oh yeah, uh, that uh, roster tonight are all the people not making the team. And one might suggest that most of who's in Edmonton tonight will probably enjoy a lot of their time playing in Abbotsford, if in Abbotsford at all.
1: It's true. It does seem a little like the players get sent to Alberta as a punishment in preseason. As in... <laughs> You're not making the team. Let's send you to Alberta to play. Um, but, I mean, I'm kidding, of course. Because, I mean, Garland and Pockels in you know, there trying to cement their spots. Hoglander, who seems to be doing well tonight. Um, Christian Wollinen, who just, like, everyone remembers that, like, great depth players suddenly all over the ice. Kind of good and bad, but yeah, I mean, PD's not there, Quinn's not there, Jade, he's not there, like both not that Like it's not, it's not the stars of the opening night roster, but yeah. Whereas, like Edmonton have Connor McDavid. Enough said.
0: I understand that they're good.
1: Yeah, well, Connor McDavid was good.
0: Yeah, The, uh, I mean, just looking, you know, through the roster, you know, one might say, well, Silas has made the trip and he's considered to be the goaltender of the future. There are some who are suggesting, um, that, uh, if it was not a fair fight, he might, uh, try to steal the, the backup job from, uh, Spencer Martin, which would be a horrible idea. He want Silas to, to further develop. Uh, he's currently, uh, keeping the bench warm.
1: Yeah. Um, I was, I was gonna because,
0: say, like, uh, Colin but, like, Delia is the one who's, bit. uh, who's in the net. So.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if I've been super impressed by what Colin Delia's has put out there, but... um, I
0: saw um, uh, two goals tonight, and I mean, Edmonton currently has four, and the two I saw were like, "Eh, you know, I kind of think you could have maybe stopped that. And let's
1: be real, like, we aren't shocked to learn that there's also been some defensive errors from the Vancouver Canucks, (gasps) meaning, like... (laughs) Dylan Holloway and Zach Hyman, like, open on the back door isn't the best move. Yeah, yeah. Colin Delia's been okay, not great. That's he why lots, you got a goaltender. So unseasoned. But, like, I'm not a big Jack Campbell fan, but he, according to Twitter, he just made a five-alarm save just now, so what do I know? Like, Edmonton goalie problems, right? We'll see if they get resolved, but... Yeah, Edmonton's roster is a lot closer than Vancouver's right now. Um, I'm just wondering how close do we get before we get concerned, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm not concerned. I, I like it's it's the preseason, and at some point in time, the amount of concern that we should probably have will be in December. I mean, who knows? We might, we might be getting concerned in October, November. I I won't deny that, but real concern is December because at that point in time, you have a really good idea of sort of your trajectory, um, and failing, uh, a coaching shift that suddenly takes your team in an entirely different direction. Um, you know, things generally sort themselves out um it should be noted that uh, edmonton has uh, a a former vancouver connect by the uh, name of jv19 uh, on their roster tonight all eight minutes and five seconds of jv19 not not to be confused with the jv18 character
1: yeah i think they're both shady characters though um less said about him the better overall but by all accounts not enough not a seller showing once again no
0: no uh looking like a player who doesn't make the team
1: yeah
0: so i mean it's a pto too. so it's not like oh hey let's send you down uh to where the heck is the uh oilers uh, farm team is it a californian franchise
1: california bakersfield condors
0: was it okay but uh but yeah anywho yeah,
1: with two preseason games left against Oilers and Coyotes, you would hope that by Friday we might get a look at what the opening night roster will look like. I just think people took Bruce a little too at his word when he said he was going to run like, regular season lines in preseason. <laughs>
0: He, that, he has, he, he has totally run regular season lines in the preseason. You know, yeah. Every I guess. This few was minutes, every pre, few games.
1: This was also pre Brock getting injured, so he probably decided, yeah, that was a terrible idea. Let's not do that.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like Brock got an opportunity to play a game. No. So so there was no there was no regular season lineup including Brock Besser ever iced during the preseason, and based on the uh, result of his successful surgery, he should be back on the ice in three to four weeks. Yeah. Well I mean maybe on days before that. But.
1: He was he's skating today. He was holding a stick. Ooh. He was moving the puck with said stick. Okay. According to JPAT. He took I'm, video I'm
0: shocked he wasn't in Edmonton. Yeah. Wait, this isn't the NFL and it's not the Miami Dolphins. My bad. Right. Sorry. If you don't understand the reference there, don't go and look at the video of a okay. quarterback who should not have been in the game.
1: Okay. I will not.
0: Yeah. Um, um just to, you know, point out though Imagine if this was regular season lineup like then, there's maybe some validity to that <laughs> must-win poll, but I honestly yeah. don't think we're going to see a, a, a regular season lineup until that last game. Yeah, it's home I against agree. Arizona, right? Like you don't if you're gonna if you're gonna put something together, that's where you do it because then you're on the road for for five. So
1: yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I guess what you take from preseason is individual individual performances, right? So, because Manco has been, good. Um, Qu- been good
0: can play hockey on the right
1: yeah I know we're all short to learn that one of the best defenders in the league can also switch sides and still be pretty good yeah um, the, yeah he seemed to have but, fun doing that so sure
0: well I mean imagine if he didn't it didn't re- it wouldn't really matter I mean <laughs> so I can't imagine really actually go, but...
1: Quinn feeling any emotion
0: really what are you so. talking about he, 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 you can read, read his face. He's full of so much, you know, effervescence.
1: Effervescence. Good word. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, you know, leading up to this must win game here in Edmonton, because again, it's must win in the preseason and all, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, um, well, you know, didn't do so hot there in, uh, in Seattle or in Vancouver against Seattle, uh, you could say that, well, it wasn't that bad here in Vancouver, like, you know, cracking, you know, beat them in overtime. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, fight their way back into that one. Uh, but that, uh, if there is an, is some concern, it's the comments from some veteran players after the performance in Seattle that's suggesting we're, we're not, what was it? I think, um, I think it was Shen that had said it. Was it Shen? or who, who we have I to
1: of? say what you said, and then I'll figure it out.
0: If it was, it was that we're we're not we're we're not playing hard to play against. I mean, it was like the the implication being that players aren't taking the preseason seriously.
1: Um. Yeah. I don't know. I know I'm the one that started this by saying, like that, you know maybe I'm a bit concerned about certain areas, but I think it's so funny that they're getting the hockey, hockey cliches out the way and it's preseason. It's just like we have to do better and it's like, ah.
0: Well, I'm not like, I mean, again, preseason doesn't worry me. It's only when players who've been around the game as long as they have. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it is cliche, but the fact that they're willing to go and bring out the cliche so early Um, Yeah. And not in the positive sense. You know, there's a bunch of guys fighting for jobs and, you know, Seattle's a a tough team or a tough opponent. I mean, you know who a tough opponent was? It was Boy, the new mascot.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a missed opportunity, eh? Like, why do they not have a giant squid?
0: Well, there is a little bit of a a squid on or crockin' on his ear. Apparently, there's a tentacle hanging from it.
1: I mean whatever the fans had input so choose whatever you want but and i don't know seattle but
0: apparently the troll of fremont street is apparently a thing it's fremont street is apparently a thing so
1: okay maybe it means something to seattle i don't get it we'll see it just seems like an anti-climax because we waited a whole season for that
0: okay 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 on the nop it mascots then what about finn what are your thoughts on finn
1: i'm pro finn like I am hashtag team Finn. I think he gets a harsh rap by people. I think we should be grateful for Finn.
0: But, you know, with Finn, and this is going to tie into what we were talking about last episode with the fact that uh, Orca Bay Sports Entertainment logo was all over those seats. The Orca Bay Sports Entertainment organization named a team that was titled Vancouver Canucks and logoed it after themselves, the parent company they named their mascot finn so that they could have an orca now i get that orcas are pacific northwest have- sort of thing well right? like i mean
1: literally they were just in the georgia strait this morning like the body of water not the
0: they're always newspaper. there
1: i know but just they popped up so Though we they have bo- orcas
0: well then why not why not call like have a humpback as a or a fin whale named finn
1: you could like
0: or a, a minke or a blue whale, which I mean, that's more so well off the coast. Gray really? whales, yeah. gray whales come like heck. We had a now we've only had a beluga in the Pacific Northwest like a handful of times and it heads down to Seattle for some reason.
1: Yeah, we had them in the aquarium though.
0: Okay, true. I mean, <sighs> we should have, could have been a river otter. <laughs> Cutest little suckers,
1: they are very but, cute. I feel like a mascot river otter would not be cute though.
0: I'm sure there are like team there's a t- got to be a team out there with an otter as a mascot. I uh, mean there's a mascot otter. Otters, it's the probably. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Anyhow, we digress. Um that's again how do. awesome the the preseason has been. Um
1: Yeah, like I, I until we lose a regular season game against Seattle i'm not gonna take them seriously as one of
0: those midweek uh you know uh marquee matchups
1: yeah exactly but yeah i mean i just literally watched the first period highlights on the broadcast and it was bad they're still bad i think Mm. so i think Mm. we're okay
0: Um, Speaking of bad, uh, unfortunately, a number of players were cut by the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, it's harsh. They might not have been bad, but they weren't good enough to stick around for a trip to Edmonton. Uh, A number of players were released from uh, PTOs, uh, Vincent Harsin, Mark Gatome, Chase Wooters and Matt Alfaro uh and a t o contract release was michael ragush uh jet wu was assigned to abbotsford and then uh, over the course of the weekend alex canock Leopard was released from his p t o sent to abbotsford quinn Geman, he went to uh, abbotsford and carson falkt is that or folk it's
1: folks it's also chase waters
0: chase waters oh, okay yeah uh, he sorry and I, England, I so. many apologies. I know you yeah. listen to our show. Uh, they're all going to Abbotsford. So I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, honestly,
1: go ahead.
0: I was going to say, it's interesting that, you know, these players were like, Hey, you're off to Abbotsford already. When there was this one game in Edmonton, like the Canucks don't seem to be as in tune with most of the other teams as to who they're placing on waivers. Like for instance, the Seattle Kraken placed Cole Lind on waivers. The Vancouver Canucks could go and take the him back. Yeah. claim I mean, what was once Josh there.
1: Legend, Colin. um I mean, absford training camp starts, I guess that's, they want them there for that um, since they're not making the team. I guess. A lot of those players, I think they could have really good seasons. Chase Waters had a good season already. Jet Wu had the start of a good season. You know, like, mm. um, I like Alex Canuck Leapard, and not just because his name kind of sounds like Canuck. Um, yeah, Quinn Neiman seemed to be good in camp. He's the new signing, so who knows. But I think a lot of those players could be really interesting in Abbotsford. And Vincent Arsenal is always fun because he's just like kind of rock'em, sock'em, plays with his heart type player. Um, he's never going to be a run-of-the-mill NHLer, but he's a great leader in Abbotsford. So.
0: Got to have guys that are good in the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: speaking of uh something else will be in Abbotsford, the vancouver canucks when they take on the edmonton oilers on wednesday in if uh, tonight was a must win game a must must win game in the preseason uh the vancouver canucks currently down five to two in edmonton with only a couple of minutes left in the third period spoiler alert if for some reason you hadn't watched that game <laughs> uh and then uh, wrapping it up as we already talked about against the coyotes at home uh in vancouver on friday We're going to take ourselves a quick break. Uh, You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your
0: savings are waiting.
1: Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your
0: podcast. Take hitting out of the game. You Un- can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. That. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? And that, because he was mad. Well, your early favourite for the Calder Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Petterson. you might even say your early favourite for the Hart Trophy.
1: Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He didn't play. He's going to get a lot of power, play time, and yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point
0: players, and we've got to find a way to score. It was like a month and a half ago or something. We were going off on the fact that Hockey Canada had a fund called the National Equity Fund, which is just a BS name for a slush bucket to cover up uh, sexual assault claims <laughs> instead of insurance. And there were quite a few people, rightfully so, just appalled. Uh, a number of provincial organizations. Uh, expressed concern about this, uh, you had obviously a, a moment of unity in the Canadian uh, parliament where politicians of every stripe were like, yeah, no, this is bad. That doesn't happen. Like you have, you know, how, how screwed up things have to be for them all to say, yeah, this ain't good. We all agree.
1: Yeah. We- and even you've got NHL, uh, Kale McCarr commenting on it, not being good. And for a hockey player, those were strong words.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, hearing this, we're talking about this, like, you know, Hockey Canada had had, had reached a real new level of low. Like, there's, there is a bar, and I actually don't know if the bar is above ground. It has gone below ground at this point. There's no way it could be, become any worse than this. And so... It has, because yep. there's not just one fund, there's two funds. And not only that, the second fund is not something that Hockey Canada volunteered during their testimony to the, the Parliamentary Committee. It is not one that they were forthcoming about when the parliament com- Parliamentary Committee had asked very pointed questions as to how they are paying for cover-ups i mean i don't i don't know how to describe them as is, is anything yeah. other than that and you know through the efforts of of a number of people including you know rick westhead uh guess what this second fund does exist and you know at this point in time i have no clue what hockey canada thinks they can do to To recover from this, like they already were having significant trust issues. And, um, outside of Brenda Moore stepping down and Andrew Skinner taking his place at this point in time, the entire executive just has to say, yeah, you know, we done messed up, we're out. And that, I don't think is going to be enough. Like I would not be shocked if there wasn't actually legislative, uh, implementation of some form of, uh, mechanic that guts hockey Canada.
1: Yeah, I just keep saying like I keep coming back and I feel like I've tweeted this line hundreds and hundreds of times at long last have you no decency because every time you think that the low lowest low has been reached as something else. Um you can't look at this as anything other than misleading, attempting to mislead a parliamentary committee. Um if you're being investigated over wrongdoing relating to one slush fund and you don't disclose another one that you have, um, that's, that's just lying. And you, we can't say that then it's getting any better if that's what the new leadership are doing.
0: Yeah. The, the, the interesting piece about this as well is that hockey Canada hasn't simply ignored the discovery of said fund. They've now, you know, responded in saying that it's inaccurate to report that the participants' legacy trust fund, which is an interesting name for its purpose, right. was used to settle sexual assault claims and any suggestion otherwise is false. Oh, okay. So somehow there was a misunderstanding? The trust was established to cover uninsured claims between September 1986 and August 1995 for Hockey Canada members, but has never been used for any purpose and is not a Hockey Canada asset so interesting here so it's for uninsured claims which wasn't the equity fund meant to be used for and it just happened to be that you know sexual assault was one of the big things they were dealing with but the fact that their their statement says it was established for uninsured claims between this state and the state for hockey calendar members but has never been used for any purpose And is not a Hockey Canada asset. So you established a fund that was to do something, but it was never used, and you don't have the money anymore because it's not an asset. I I don't get that part. Anywho, they go on to say Hockey Canada is not aware of any members having individual or collective funds that were used to settle any sexual misconduct claims. Uh, Sure, you you got your head in the dirt, um, so therefore you know nothing.
1: Yeah. And. It's been proven that over the years, and even up until recently, they're still refusing to disclose to MPs who are looking for more information about their financial history and their financial assets, and they're refusing to cooperate. So, yeah.
0: the you know the minister of um, sport, the federal minister of sport, I believe she had said that they would be uh, looking to conduct a, an audit of, of hockey candidates. Finances to ensure no, you know, federal funding, sports funding uh, went to any of these funds, which honestly, I don't know how you, you can, I mean, I know accounting says money here goes there, but in the grand scheme of thing, there's a, a pocket that all this comes out of. I can't imagine that one, this doesn't happen to, it's not expanded in three hockey. Canada doesn't see its funding cut, which has a trickle down effect mm-hmm. because that's not going to impact just when, you know, what we see is mismanagement and this poorly run organization called Hockey Canada in the s- sense of, uh, you know, toxicity in the sport and, you know, culture. It's going to impact youth programs that have great value, uh, women's hockey programs that have great value. Like there are some phenomenal programs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there is a way for the funding to insulate these from really the The rod on the bone.
1: Yeah, I I don't know either. I threw an idea into Discord and I haven't thought it through, but all these sexual assault claims, they're against the Canadian men's team and junior men's team, right? Should they be allowed to keep competing at these banner tournaments that, you know, are so important to Hockey Canada?
0: Yeah, I uh, honestly I don't know how the federal government were to stop that short of removing funding for travel or anything that might many of the support yes, functions. Um, sponsorship dollars, though, are yeah. a big thing. Um, when we talked about this over the course of the summer, and many of the big logos had started to withdraw support, there was also concern as to what attendance would look like, and we saw that the. World Juniors in Edmonton had some of the poorest attendance that Canada's ever seen. There were some asterisks, summer out of rhythm. So, like, is this truly a, a a public condemnation or is it just a calendar issue? I don't know if this doesn't result in now public condemnation. And that that will hurt the entire organization the most. Um, but probably what hurts them even more is if player registrations were to cease. Yeah. And I, again, that's a shame. Like I'm not, I'm not suggesting you as a parent go and say, I'm not going to have my child involved. That's a decision you make. And I would support you one way or the other. Um, if you were to say, no, my, my son or my daughter, or whatever, they're going to, they're going to participate. Great. Right. That's, that's, that's a you decision. It's just that I feel that if that were to occur, I mean, hockey is Canada's sport and hockey Canada is almost doing everything in its power to try to ruin it.
1: I mean, I'll be honest. um, And this can sort of segue into something else. I wanted to talk about it, but um, is misogyny and sexism and sexual assault a societal issue? Yes. Yes. Um, But there is something about hockey that enables it, I would say, because of the way um, hockey is viewed in Canada, because Canadian small towns are so isolated from other places that often they're, you know, post-industrial towns, stuff like that. So Uh the junior team is like the center of their existence. Boys get idolized. They get away with um, things they shouldn't um the boys are kind of isolated from mainstream society in that way um women become objects boys get away with what they want so i do think that it's not just hockey canada it's the hockey Canada chl and sort of everything that comes under that umbrella um and that and honestly the nhl has its own burden to bear on that it's Something they need to take responsibility for. But yeah, I um, just to segue into what I wanted to talk about, which was um, Black Ice, the documentary I saw at VIF last Mm -hmm. week, and that was about racism in hockey in Canada. And it sort of started with the coloured hockey leagues and went to, you know, the experience of players today, including Sora Tinker, Akeem Alou, um, Anthony Duclair, P.K. Subban, and their experience of racism in hockey, which was extensive, right? And I do think that, again, that kind of special status that hockey enjoys and the sort of nature of Canada as a country does allow um, that to flourish.
0: You know, I, I, I can't provide a counterpoint to that because you know what you you share is is very salient i mean you know prior to that segue i was actually thinking like oh yeah no i could totally describe the scenario you're 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 sharing I, I mean my first true interaction in a in a junior canadian junior hockey environment in a small town in, in, in vancouver and what you described I, I witnessed with my own eyes and i was like blown away like this is these one, this is nuts too. These are kids. And I mean, I wasn't that much older. Um, like I was maybe four or five years older, but then to sort of think about the, the culture that allowed for this type of environment to be established and what it in turn would, would, uh, do if we apply to that, to the, you know, the greater society. So to, you know, get back on on point here i actually had not heard of this this documentary until i saw it in the rundown and i i googled it i said like, oh it's at tiff i wonder how how you saw it but you had said it was at the vancouver international film festival as well is it still because uh, vif goes on for another few days i believe right
1: yeah another week um or six days um i think there is one more showing of black eyes hmm. um if you can get to it like really really strongly encourage you to um it was yeah well we're seeing obviously it's a difficult watch like um yeah it's on thursday there's a late showing on thursday of it um there was moments of hope in there for mm-hmm. sure um there was a great moment from wayne simmons actually talking to some youth hockey players you know referring to the history of the Coloured Hockey League saying, you know, don't let anyone tell you you don't belong in the sport. We've been here over a hundred years playing the sport. Don't like you are meant to be here, Mm -hmm. which was beautiful, but it's just horrible. That needs to be said and emphasized to these kids, you know, there are kids that are, you know, five, six years old hearing the N word And what's more is they're seeing kids get away with that. They're seeing um, players at all levels, um, from Pee Wee right on up to, you know, we saw it in junior hockey and the AHL this past year, just um, making these racist remarks and a lot of them are getting away with it.
0: No, oh, no, they get punished. They have to, you know, sit out for three games, right? Because you know that's that makes it okay. Lots of regret,
1: yeah. And yeah, if that some, um, you know, they were saying if you know this black teenage player gets into a fight, they get suspended for five games. That's just. No questions asked. And then there's these investigations that are ongoing for like five months. Hockey Canada is in charge of one uh, that's ongoing that Hockey PEI have asked for their support on. And who knows if that's an evasion tactic or what. But yeah, still unresolved.
0: Yeah, it's a little off the rails here. Um, This past year, um, I took a course in LinkedIn Learning um, that talked about unconscious bias. And just going through it it was a, it was a short course, um, not to suggest it does anything more than maybe point to where the surface is, maybe give it a little scratch, Mm -hmm. but it alone, this very short course, I don't want to say blew my mind. That's not the way, the way to position, but it really had me take the step back to identify that I'd like to think I'm a progressive person to see how much unconscious bias exists within me on a variety of different topics, but that bias is everywhere. And until such time as one, we acknowledge it, but to look to, to remedy, there is no fairness. Um, I mean, and that's, that's a statement that's applicable beyond hockey. This is a hockey podcast. And I, I saw a tweet, um, requested or retweeted it earlier from Daniel Carcillo. And I mean, here's a, a player who has been in the league. It's not, you know, two podcasters just randomly ranting on over things. He's talking about how hockey hasn't continues to deal with systemic and problem of abuse. We don't want to ruin hockey. We want to make hockey better. And then he goes on to say under its current leadership, I don't have confidence that will happen. And that's related to the issue with hockey Canada, but that's, that's, I mean, what he's saying, what you and I have been saying, what so many people are saying is that hockey could be so much better. And I don't understand this resistance to the idea that it can be. I mean, hell, as as misguided as someone's opinion might be that hockey's in a really good place today, it could still be better. It's not in a good place today. It can still be better.
1: Yeah, I do honestly don't understand how any hockey fan can live through what we have observed over the past few seasons uh, just purely over the the off season and even as someone as we are in the privileged position of not to be you know directly affected by those you know um, we're not black hockey fans we're not um, yeah fans of color who kind of see themselves get marginalized again and again um but i just don't understand how you can like go through that and be unaffected and think that hockey's okay it's not
0: it, it it's becoming increasingly difficult for me to care and i know that that's maybe not the take that it it's meant to be but when I stop caring about hockey, you know, that's a problem. Yeah. And I want there to be change. I want there to be a, a, a progression in the sport. I'd like myself to continue to, to make progress in that own personal journey that I've had. You know, I've shared on the show how growing up, oh, I loved you know the Rock'em Sock'em videos. Oh yeah, that you know that player got his bell rung or like the just absolutely destructive hits, the dirty stuff. Oh, it was great. I loved all that. I grew up in a in a culture that embraced um, uh, words by trying to say, oh, it's just words; they don't matter. Well, they do matter, and I now know this. If I can evolve, so can so can hockey as we know it the i I think you know like what fixes it in hockey canada (laughs) i i cleaning house doesn't Now i'm not suggesting they don't clean house they should but cleaning house on its own isn't enough it is quite frankly a systemic shift that has to occur and it has to not only happen at the top it needs to start to be ingrained at the grassroots level um the tolerance of, Oh, it happened on the ice or it was just emotions needs to go straight out the window. Um, and that's, you know, I, I I grew up in soccer. Um, while I was never a going to be a star soccer player, I enjoyed refereeing and I became dedicated to, to that role. And, had an opportunity to be selected for some high caliber um, youth play here in the province as well as some uh, adult play. when I was younger and I had a very firm interpretation of what foul, abusive and insulting language would be. (laughs) And there would be things that would be said that should never have even been considered a thought in a player's mind. And if I heard it, I dealt with it. I dealt with it harshly because I did not tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And the advice that I was given, if I wanted to make it, try to maybe put some earplugs in. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting that, oh, Chris was like the the light that Soccer BC needed to you know fix the issues. But that... That was, that's not like 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's 15. It's still many years, but that was, that was what I was told. If I wanted to make it, I had to turn a, a blind ear or a deaf ear. Sorry. I was going to say a blind eye, but a deaf ear to that language. Yeah. That's soccer. That's in Canada. That's, you know, it is, it is not just hockey. It is all sport.
1: Yeah. I mean, It's true, Um, Canada has a history with racism that is really not comfortable kind of looking at. Um, You kind of think this kind of um, discourse that, you know, anti-black racism is in the States and we don't really have a problem with it up here, but it's definitely not the case. Hockey is a very white sport. It's a very privileged sport and people aren't used to seeing difference and that's not an excuse but, um, it's definitely a part explanation why it happens, and there's just it's just been going on for so long unchecked.
0: It I honestly think it comes down to an acknowledgement that the change will be hard. yeah, and so it can be someone else's problem to fix, yeah like oh we can't we can't we can't change anything about those who've grown up in the system so uh the the kids the new ones will sort it out there who are watching everything in front of them like you know i was uh, talking to a, a friend whose uh, kids are in in hockey and she had said how she tries not to get to the rink too early because she doesn't want her kids to watch an older group of players play because some of the things that have been said and have occurred on the ice. Why is it that she's making that decision? It's because she knows that her kids would see that and think, Oh, that might be okay. Or, you know, it's okay here when I'm older, I'll be able to do that. Like it might not be that I'll do it today, but I might do it tomorrow. Um, But then let's, let's fast forward. Like they see this, take place at a junior hockey game in the Maritimes. They see it happen, you know, at the rink, um, in an NHL barn.
1: Yeah. I mean, the legacy, as you say, they keep putting it off and that's what we're dealing with. Um, we talked, we have talked about homophobia in the league, you know, some weak punishments, the language used around the locker room. NHL's yet to have a, Active openly gay player might happen pretty soon if Luke Prokop makes into the mm-hmm. league in a couple years, but yet to happen. Um, players of color, um, there was seven percent of the league was a player of color in 2011, it's gone down to below five in 2020. Like, this is the legacy of failing to deal with discrimination at all levels because like players of color just going to have to keep exiting your, the sport because they don't feel welcome.
0: And, the, and I, you know, on that note, I think there are still far too many people who would say, well, no, the reason it's gone down has nothing to do with discrimination because the league is far less discriminatory than it was in the past. There's just simply not enough, you know, players who are, are capable and now that it's all equal and truly equitable amongst everyone everyone's got a fresh, well, that's not the case at all. I mean, I, I, I it drives me nuts when I hear people talk about, well, everything's equitable. No, it's not, it never has been. Yeah, it might be better than it once was before, but that doesn't mean equitable.
1: Yeah, and you'd have to say that the political climate, particularly in North America, though I'd say globally, since 2016 or thereabouts has become more divisive, And there's been more discrimination against minorities, the global discourse.
0: We're not going to shy away from it on the podcast. Um, I mean, these are topics that we've, we've talked about uh, all year long, as unfortunate as it might be. Like, I think that's the worst part is that it wasn't something that happened and then not got fixed or dealt with, just moved on. It's, this is, this is constant. Yeah. Like we're not going back and rehashing that problem from June. Yeah. And and, I mean, we haven't even brought up the fact that, you know, the Vancouver Canucks have their own problems in their front office that are happening. And Hey, it's, it's going to be something, that will unfortunately be a topic on our show for far too long. It's like I can predict the future. And that's the sad part is dark. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyhow.
1: But you know what? Like when the problem is not going to be fixed under our watch, right? But no, I know what that. we want to report is progress. Okay. And we haven't seen a ton of it.
0: Oh, I don't. I I honestly don't know if we 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 will until something so critical takes place. Whether it be an NHL, whether it be in hockey, Canada, like it, and like that, it feels wrong to discount everything that has happened to this point as not being critical enough. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, they're, they're,
1: it's, it's embarrassing that these. Things keep coming out and nothing changes.
0: Yeah. Anything. Um,
1: to finish on a positive note, I did at the film meet get to meet S- Soraya Tinker of the PHF player cool. for the Toronto Six, and um, she's signed a endorsement deal recently, which is pretty historic for the PHF. Huh. Um, and she's super glamorous, super lovely. I did wish her the best of luck for the. The upcoming season, but not too much, like because I still obviously want the Connecticut world to win. But mm-hmm. she was super lovely, so it was really that mm-hmm. was a cool moment.
0: And you, and you, when she joining us on the show?
1: Um, we didn't get to that.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, first conversation, you broke the ice. The follow up, I presume.
1: The follow up, she will join us on the show. Okay, okay,
0: okay. Um, that might be a fantasy of ours to have you know stellar guests uh, such as herself. But on the topic of fantasy, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, whether or not there was interest in having a C4 Fantasy Hockey League. There has been interest expressed. A league has been set up. The commissioner is uh, Anders. Uh, Everyone might know him as uh, a loud brother in uh, C4 Discord and and online. Uh, He has got things rolling. There are a number of teams already registered, including me, which I mean... If you're playing Light Force's Bunch of Scrubs, that's like guaranteed win
1: yeah. week. That's not very Ted Lasso of you, but okay.
0: <laughs> Believe you will beat Light Force's Bunch of Scrubs. Um, I, I just, for me, I, I it's hope the... You,
1: I hope you call them that.
0: It is. Light Force's Bunch of Scrubs. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Mine, as the same team name as ever, Anna's Fancy Team.
0: Oh, so Fancy. Uh-huh.
1: But, but um looking uh, forward to another season of Fancy. thank you anders for stepping up the you draft is her- on
0: wednesday right
1: yes I'm so if you want to
0: wanna,
1: be set for that yeah
0: if if anyone wants in on this yeah. you're listening to the episode right this second look at your watch is it wednesday you need to get in on this uh the information's on c4 discord um if you reach out to us uh, myself or Anna, we could probably get the info to you as well but yeah draft is on wednesday And he was, he is, or was the keeper of the list. We just haven't done anything list worthy. You and I—that was a mad. I just
1: kind of use that as an example of how trustworthy Anders is.
0: Yeah. Oh, so yeah, let's get in on that. Come beat Light Forces bunch of scrubs. But here we are at the end of uh, a show where we didn't get to talk a little bit about uh, um, a Vancouver Canucks preseason with a win. Uh, did not happen tonight they did not have a you know thrilling comeback in the final three minutes of the game at edmonton so it's possible they might beat the oilers in abbotsford it might be possible to beat the coyotes in vancouver on friday who knows but it's just the preseason. Uh, the sky is not yet falling okay anna calm down i know you're you're getting all Morning agitated to, here
1: chicken little. Yeah. yeah
0: but uh yeah i mean uh, we'll be back in two weeks time which, again, is kind of weird because we were here last week, we're here this week, and the season is kind of starting. But it's Canadian Thanksgiving, and we are taking some much needed time off because we haven't had enough ourselves.
1: But, yes, we, were kind of, we are kind of looking forward to cover hockey that counts, you know? And then we can be chicken little, the sky's falling, because we will have played games for actual points by mm-hmm. the time our next episode is so
0: yeah i mean we're certainly adequate uh when healthy right right i wonder uh, like i i i'd steal taglines from just everything i am totally gonna change our tagline certainly adequate when healthy but then how is certainly adequate compared to best mediocre are they like i equivalent think they, i or? think
1: yeah, I think they go hand in hand. I'm just wondering if we're gonna run out of a character count here.
0: Oh, Longest totally. running,
1: best, mediocre, certainly adequate when healthy.
0: Yeah, new episode link. That's it. We want you've got to listen to the show to find out what we talk about in that tweet. Because yeah, we've run out of characters. Or is it is it bad form to have a, a thread? <laughs> <sighs> tweet one is our entire run intro tagline and all that and then tweet two is the actual you know show notes twitter form
1: yeah but that would be every tweet we send true (laughs) has to be in two parts
0: yeah uh, well, I mean, maybe you have an opinion on this, maybe you don't, but the best way to tell us about it is by joining C4 Discord and getting in on the conversation there. It's discord.io slash C4 podcast. Uh, you can uh, have a uh, good old time in gate 16 with us. If you happen to be a Kraken fan, there's a, uh, a Pike Place channel that gets unused. That's just to delineate the, the Kraken chatter from the Canucks chatter and then off topic where everything else takes place in we can be reached uh, and uh, provided with a voicemail of which, Hey, I did not check to see if we had any this week, but um, while I quickly do that, if you haven't dropped us a message, it's very easy to do. You just go to speakpipe.com slash C4 podcast. Uh, and that will in turn allow you to use your browser, your mobile device to record an audio message that we in turn can include in an upcoming episode. And if you ask us a question answer, hey. you you could ask us anything we will probably answer it
1: we want takes on whether preseason matters or not and if you want to leave a message with your take and then change your mind after the season starts that's also okay we'll play both and embarrass you but
0: yeah that's just how we roll Mm -hmm. and then obviously you probably already do you follow us on twitter it's at the c4 podcast or facebook.com slash the c4 podcast but uh yeah that's it any final words of wisdom there anna
1: um, I just never want to see Canucks lose to Seattle Kraken when it counts. So make that the last time that you are s- stunned by Alex Wenberg's good looks and can't concentrate on hockey Canucks because we can't tolerate that anymore.
0: Hmm. Well, October 27th is your next opportunity to see whether or not that takes place when the Canucks head down to Seattle to go meet Boy the Troll. Fight. Mm. On behalf of Anna A4603, myself, Chris at Lightforce, signing off this episode with We Out.